Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is a Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Paul Hagen. This is Berg. And this is Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. All right. We're having a few issues. Peter's a little annoyed. That's all right. Take two. We're getting through it. How you doing, Berg? Oh, just living the dream. Living the dream. All right. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Yes, I did. You get that out there? I did. <laughs> it was right. fun to watch. Halftime yeah. show was kind of interesting, but... Uh, yeah. It was a bit of a throwback. Right. Well, you know, we we do live in a decadent time, and it shows how decadent it is when you uh, try to bring back Michael Jackson and sequence clothing. It's, right. It's all when stuff. That's, that's like, true, man. When that's like an ideal that they're striving for. Well, you know, I... And then you have to love the songs where it's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, okay, if I did a halftime show, what would it look like? <laughs> would it be that different? Me screaming, I, yeah, probably over, not. over. Probably, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, would my shirt stay on? No. But there would also probably be like a bench press competition right in the middle of it. That's true. So. <laughs> All right. I think Peter uh, Peter would say, I don't think we can ever beat the Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg halftime. That was a pretty good show, man. Like, here's the thing. They they don't they never get good artists. Like yeah. who was really who was really jazzed for this this uh this Super Bowl halftime? Sports betters. Right. They they <laughs> <laughs> they should get someone like uh James Taylor. <laughs> All right. So uh we got a lot of fun things. I got a Top 12 lists that I am excited about. Yeah. But first, we need to talk about the text. I think I know, you know, Peter is a little subdued. Maybe it's the Lent thing. Maybe he's been super contemplating Lent. He's remembering his death. Or maybe there's equipment that's not working exactly right and it's driving him crazy. Which is also making him remember his death. Right. Right. About to remember your death pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) Peter cut that out. Peter, leave that in. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't work that way, Berg. If he says it's out, it's out. Well, with all all of the technical trouble and that, uh, this leads us into the realm of temptation. And Vicar, what is our reading about? Our reading is about just that. You want me to summarize or read the whole thing? Yes. What do you want, Berg? Read it quickly. Okay. No, 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 no. Don't read it quickly. It's God's word. Yeah. Read it majestically. Read it with haste. Read it with your chest. Bro. So it's Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. 
Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Thus endeth the text. All right, Vicar, I'm going to pull a Berg move. Okay. What are some things from the catechism we can get from this? Well, you could start with Ten Commandments, right? Okay, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. There's also... What commandments? Uh, well, there's... Uh, you there's could think of, of the... There's yeah, there's ten, ten of them, them at least. <laughs> <laughs> For one, I mean, you could go with the first commandment, right? All right. So there's... Uh, you shall have no gods yeah. before me. Right. There's also uh, uh, f- bearing false witness, right? Lying mm-hmm. about who these things belong to, which is what the devil is saying, right? Oh, you have... Uh, these things belong to me. If you will worship me, I'll right? give them to you. Taking the Lord's name in vain, speaking for God, that things that God didn't actually say or taking God's word out of context. Right. So you got the second commandment there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have the elements of the Lord's prayer, right? You give us this day our daily bread, turn, turn these stones into bread, that sort of thing. Also, lead us not into temptation. You shall not... Uh, but thy the Lord will, your God. Thy will be done. Thy will be done as well. Yeah. Thy kingdom come, not the kingdoms of this world that mm-hmm. he was offering. Give us this day our daily bread. Did you yep. say that one already? I did. All right. I also see here the the uh, the two natures, the second article. Jesus went out as a hungry man to be tempted as one of us. Yeah. We think of his humiliation where he's set aside his divine nature to be a human. And so, you know, being hungry, that bread really was a thing. And uh, people might scoff at the, the last temptation. Well, oh, yeah, he's going to, if you think about it, he was offering how many people would think of all the kingdoms of this world could be yours. You know, everyone, pretty enticing. Right. And the fact that he was offering them the kingdom without any kind of cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we look at this in two ways. One, uh, we can look at how Jesus overcame these temptations, how at the heart of this discussion was a theological discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't like to necessarily equate theology with temptation, but at the heart of temptation is a bad theology. Um, we see that in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Did God really say it all starts with bad theology? Um, and that was really a theological discussion that was at the heart of these temptations. Uh, and so that we see how, how, how temptation is confronted with the authority of Christ, how his word thwarts these temptations. But then we also see that we are baptized into Jesus overcoming that temptation. So that victory, victory over temptations is our victory baptized into him, and that gives us strength in the face of our own temptations. What do you have, Berg? Yeah, I mean, I think that last point you said is one that sometimes we forget. I mean, Christ, even though he was a son, uh, needed to learn obedience so that he might become the author of salvation, as Hebrews says, Hebrews 5, right? Mm -hmm. So he does this for our sake in, in that way as the source of our salvation. He also does it as an example. And this is actually the part that Luther really brings up uh, when he's talking about the temptation. He actually says here in his annotations on Matthew in volume 67 of the English edition of Luther's works, he says, uh, he after the baptism of Christ in which he was called and was declared a teacher by the authority of the Father, he is now sent into the work of the office he has taken up. But first he is tempted and tested in accordance with our own example, just as is someone who is being educated, lest he undertake some great matter as an inexperienced neophyte, as Paul writes in 1 Timothy 3, 
uh, verses 4 through 6, and later on, does not remain steadfast in faith in God. For neophytes are often audacious and presumed to try great things, but they fall straight away and abandon their office. And so in his annotations here, Luther actually takes a pretty firm line that here, look, Christ is also our example. What does the first temptation teach us? That it is necessary for a Christian, especially a teacher, to experience the risk of poverty and the loss of his goods, right? Belly Mm -hmm. theology. Um, The second temptation is a spiritual temptation, as Chrysostom says, of vain glory, that you should not do what God has neither commanded nor given you to do, and then make excuse that all things are possible for the one who believes. And then finally, the third temptation is the empty glory and power of the world, avarice, as Chrysostom would say. Would you choose to give up glory and political power rather than the word? And those are the points that Luther brings out here in this text that, you know, this is, we are baptized as, you know, like Christ was. His was being invested in his particular offices, even though he already possessed them. We are born again by holy baptism and made priests and kings. That also means we'll undergo temptation or testing. And that also means that we have work to do. Right. Right. Within our offices. So, and one on one, uh, a Bolhagen ism is temptation is by nature tempting, tempting, right? All right. Well, I, I would like, I like to move on. Okay. So, because you know how I am, I get impatient. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, I imagine that there was a commercial during the Super Bowl. By the way, I think I know why Peter's kind of overwhelmed. He's in Kansas City the day after. The the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Must be quite the party atmosphere over there, Pete. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there was, I imagine, a commercial that bothered Berg. Which commercial? Maybe. You think he'll get it? Well, I think Ber- he gets us. Yeah, uh, yeah. But do we actually get him? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's, so that- that, that's the more interesting question. So what I have done is. Obviously, there was a he gets us commercial with Jesus or people watching each washing each other's feet, mm-hmm. right? And asking everyone to go to the website he gets us. So I saved everyone the time and I went to the he gets us website and I I just real I realized I only got ten of them. So Berg, let me know if one of these counts for two for your in your <laughs> sake. Okay, so okay. I have. The top 12 statements from the He Gets Us website that bother Berg. Peter, <laughs> play the intro. Peter, play the the intro for the top 12 and the news that bothers Berg at the same time. There we go. Here it comes. <laughs> there's Enough fake nonsense. news. It's there's time real news. for Bullhagen's Then there's top real news 12. that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear... News that bothers Berg. All right, so that was that's brilliant. What do you think of the music there, Vicar? That was amazing. I don't think I've ever heard such beautiful orchestration before. Life will never be the same. All right, so Berg, you have to let me know if or when one of these. I have two of them need to count for two. All right. Okay. That makes sense. Well, hopefully they're that good. All right. And they're that bothersome. Number twelve. This is all from the he gets, so no one can go needs to go to this. Save your time, all right? Number 12. 
Throughout our shared history, Jesus has represented the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to. And though some no longer believe in God, most still are compelled by the idea of a person capable of unconditional love for others despite their differences. That might be too. Number 11. That's so bad in so <laughs> that's, many ways. That's number 12? That's no, that's super bad, man. It's only downhill from here. Yeah. I, that's uh, as good as it gets? <laughs> now, I'm not sure these are in order of... Okay. But that might okay, be two okay. already. Oof, duh. That, that, do we have to explain why these are bad to people? I think we should. One Oop, is, all right. are, are we capable of aspiring? No. That's kind of the purpose of Jesus, right? I mean, this sounds like a Star Trek thing. Like How about Gene this? Roddenberry, Jesus is just some sort of image. He's like Captain America or Superman. Right. And by the end of this top 12 list, I think we'll get the we'll get their their shtick. And I think that's important because uh, once we get their shtick, we'll see why it is that they're pushing this and how other ways this might be because this isn't an isolated thing, I have a feeling. No, if they're getting not. that much money to pay for a Super Bowl ad, there's, you know, this is tempting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about the aspect of though some no longer believe in God, it's still a good thing, right? You can still try and be like Jesus without believing in God. Right. I mean, this is the same thing that a lot of Satanists say. They don't actually yeah. believe in Satan, but Satan is a picture or, you know, uh, a... F- a nice fiction that you try to aspire to. Right, right. So that we can aspire to his unconditional love. I think we'll come up a few times in how they understand unconditional love. All right. All right. You ready for the next one? That was gross. (laughs) All right. So actually that was two. So we're down to number 10. But Jesus didn't seem to care about us doing it perfectly. His teaching suggests that he wanted us to consider our intentions and to do the work to act from a place of empathy. Eventually, loving our neighbor is an action that can become intuitive. I think you did it. Uh, I mean, like, I'm trying to understand. I mean, okay, eighth, using the Eighth Commandment liberally here, like, like, lib- like liberally, like taking a milk truck full of Eighth Commandment and coding something, okay? All right, a milk truck truck of the Eighth Commandment is our title, okay? I, I mean, like, okay, so what they say is sort of true in that they're, they're, they're dividing external actions with internal uh, compassion and the like, right? Mm-hmm. Not right. to say that Jesus didn't say, be perfect as my Father in Heaven is perfect, but they are getting to something that Jesus does say that, you know, these people draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You tithe the mint and the cumin and yet neglect the weightier things of justice and mercy, for example. Um, right. I don't know how you get to the point where loving your neighbor is intuitive. What they might mean there is that the new man is perfected in this life so you can just spontaneously do good works. Or maybe Without they, the gospel. you know, well, and that's the thing is they don't give you the the means by which you could actually 
do intuitive good works. I mean, we preach this all the time, don't we? That the righteous don't know the good works they're doing a lot of the time, right? Right, right. So, I mean, if that's what they mean by intuitively doing good works because the new man is doing them, great. But they don't give the means by which these good works become intuitive. This love becomes intuitive. Either because they don't believe in original sin or because they are. We'll get to that. Whatever. (laughs) So So I I would say. I really tried on that one. Okay. I really tried on that one. Right. But it's the fact that it becomes intuitive, certainly in faith. Preach on that this past Sunday. Yeah. That. uh, I mean, we do believe we are getting better. Like sanctification is progressing. We do believe that. Like. Right. And so you could probably say good works do become more intuitive or loving your neighbor does become more intuitive, but they forget like, okay, how is that possible? Right. And I think Either, that is, you know, that, that, that's a telling from the, the previous statement where he said, where it says, uh-huh. uh, whether or not someone actually believes in God. Yeah. It's sort of well, like, I mean, a- is, isn't this the problem with Jordan Peterson? They see yeah, all the yeah. inferior goods, right? The psychologist. Right. You know, the right. noble payment, pagan, you know, the 12, uh, 12 rules for life, right? Mm-hmm. Like he sees all of the inferior goods and they're still goods, right? Like right. going to church statistically means you'll live longer. Right. Kids who go to church typically have a larger vocabulary than those who don't. Those who obey their parents, whether they believe or not, are not going to get gunned down by the police more than likely, and they're going to get their inheritance. Yeah, it's it's but, a strictly functional understanding of faith. Where, and I mean, I think sometimes we downplay those things because they are true. Like God does give us lesser goods, but they are lesser. <laughs> but they're right. lesser. I mean, like, yeah, um, if you obey the commandments, your life will probably be fairly decent, whether you believe or not. Yeah. But, you know, then you burn in hell for all eternity. So, you know, potato, tomato. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number, was that a double? Am I on nine or eight? I don't know. We're going to end up in the negatives if we keep doing doubles. Yeah, we can't keep doing doubles, so. Right. Number nine. Now, this isn't quite offensive, but it shows a theme here, okay? During his last meal with his closest followers, the 12 disciples, Jesus retrieved the So there is close communion. I mean, that's something to rejoice about, right? (laughs) There there you go. That's right. Oh, see? It's always a silver lining. We get him. (laughs) (laughs) The 12 disciples, Jesus retrieved the bowl, filled it with water, and began washing their feet with a rag. But this wasn't a traditional cleaning after a road trip. Jesus was using foot washing to emphasize a larger point symbol for all of his followers to see how they should treat one another. Okay, I don't know what washings are like after road trips. Right. I've never done a traditional washing after I've got I've done like a 12-hour stint in the car, so Right. Um, you didn't know did like a like a like on a long long trip. I, I mean, like are they the talking about like burning cleaning at a truck stop? You know, burn, <laughs> burning man or something here or <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, like, like this one is actually not to me as offensive because it's like, yeah, he gave he he in, he he gave them a, an example of how they were to love one another and serve one another is what they're saying, right? Right. Yeah. 
but not just not talking about the fact that it was a washing. Yeah. Like, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, we can't expect them. I'm just looking for anything here not to be bothered by. So, like, I'm but trying. I'm trying to bother I mean, you. Like, <laughs> I, ever the optimist. He's fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> I, All right. I'm, I'm the tempter see, here. I am the optimist on this show. Boom. Peter just said it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try harder. Number eight. If it was these words and actions of Jesus that inspired us, we began to imagine a world where ideological uh, ideological others were willing to set their differences aside and wash one another's feet. Uh, okay. <laughs> so what, one thing this, this whole does is say, like, we're going to, we all have differences. It doesn't matter. We're all going to love and accept each other. Yeah, but that, that but, word ideology is such a, a loaded word. Right. I mean, because... You could you could maybe make a point that Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector were ideologically others. One was a a lackey for the Roman Empire who, you know, enslaved his own countrymen, and Simon the Zealot was a terrorist or a freedom fighter depending on your view for the Jewish people, right? Right. But it's we, setting the side of differences, not like abolishing them. Uh, yeah, I mean, like this is basically saying that, yeah, these things you believe, they don't really matter. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we right. be friends? It's, it, like, it's kind of like imagine like Jesus and the devil in the wilderness, right? Right. Let's let's share this bread. I know we we've had a rough past. We well, haven't. It, we always haven't seen eye to eye. Well, but. and this seems like a boomer sort of move. My apologies <laughs> to boomers because, like, you know, this is like, oh, the Democrats of forty years ago and the Republicans of forty years ago when they're just, you know, talking about things like, you know, how much are we going to tax people or should we allow free trade? Do you know what this is? I just, I just realized where this all began. This all began with a Coca Cola commercial. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Where people like, oh, we're going to set aside all our differences and share a Coke, that whole thing. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, like, I, don't, it's I think the it's real great thing. to talk with people, <laughs> right? And to, to love others and desire their repentance. But this is not desiring any repentance. Well, and no. ideological others, like, this doesn't take seriously that, like, okay, if you want to destroy the state of Israel— or preserve it. I mean, that's like a deep chasm. Um, right. If you want to mutilate children or murder babies, like that's a pretty deep chasm. By the way, like, did you notice one of the pictures of wa the foot washing was someone washing a, a woman's feet in front of a an abortion clinic? Yeah. Now, let's just eighth commandment at milk truck of eighth commandment here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, can you can you be forgiven if you had an abortion? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Right, like the church is for you. Like we want people to repent. Right, we want people to be saved. We want people to change their minds. We want them. But that's the thing is there are some ideologies, quote unquote, that simply cannot coexist with the Christian faith. You right. cannot be a communist and be a Christian. 
Because communism, by its very nature,、uh, is gets we rid are of God. God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Right. So, like, mutilating children or doing evil things to your body, that does not, like, you can't just say, well, we'll agree to disagree. No, no, that's not true. Like, this isn't about taxes or plowing our roads or whatever. Okay. <laughs> this is like, Like、right. cutting off kids' genital genitalia. Okay?、Yeah. You don't come back from that. Number seven. The name of Jesus has been used to harm and divide. But if you look at how he lived, you see how backward that really is. Jesus was not exclusive, he was radically inclusive. What would our world look like? If that were the norm, if stranger be strangers became friends over the dinner table as they did around Jesus. Okay, they just were about open communion. And I mean, it, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're putting forth a false dichotomy that、mm -hmm. Jesus is simultaneously exclusive and inclusive. Right. No one can come to the Father except by me. Didn't Jesus say, specifically, I came to bring division? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Oh, well, I don't know what Bible you're reading, guys, but you know. Get a real Bible. Get a real Bible. That's right. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one, or do you want to talk more about that one? I just, it's so stupid. Like, yeah, I mean, Jesus is inclusive. Like, he wants everybody to be a member of his church.、Huh? Like, He himself is our peace. He has broken down the hostility, making two men into one, as Ephesians says. Yes, absolutely. He is also exclusive, saying, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. Right. So, two things at once. <laughs> All right, not next one. mutually exclusive. All right, this one isn't so bad. This wasn't it. I don't think this, this is probably、bad. the worst one, I bet. Number six. Jesus welcomed the weird, loved the weird, and built a movement full of weirdos that ended up changing the world. The example reminds us that every person has incredible value, and their story and their identity, no matter how strange, are beautiful and important. If actually, it's kind of yeah, dizzy,、uh, if you could have just crossed out that last little bit, it would have been okay.、Uh, what、well, I'm sorry, what was the last bit again? And their story and their identity, no matter how strange, are beautiful and important. How gross. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. That's just the last one again, right? Like, because of that little last. Like,、yeah. whatever you think. Yeah, oh, no, that's, that's very important. Yeah, You're valid. It, it's like, okay, okay.、Uh, Your is an identity that you make, not that you're given by Christ. Yeah, I mean, it plays into the whole. Self maker fallacy, right? That you can make your own identity and be whoever you want. Well, and that's the thing is like, we do this podcast because we're weirdos. Yeah. Like, think about it. We have the、didn't、audacity have a, to think that people will listen to are, us. My whole comedy show that I did where pastors are weird. Yeah. We're super weird. Like, yeah. If you don't think pastors are weird, you should visit the seminary. Oh, man. <laughs> Oof, duh. Yeah. Or meet a vicar or two. Yeah, that'll do it. Too. Right. I mean, that's why I want to have a podcast with the Vickers because, yeah. I mean, we're called clerical errors because we're a little, we are a little self aware that we're weird. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it fun. Into that. Right. Well, and I understand their point is, you know, like forced conformity in a lot of things is bad. Okay. It is. Like, 
let people develop the talents that they have. And and what is, and that's what one thing th- that's one thing I've got to thank my parents for is like they never made me feel bad that I didn't want to be a farmer. Yeah, that I read a lot. I mean, you know, I was never ostracized by them for that. So, and I feel bad for the people that were where people have to conform to a particular image or a particular vocation or a particular set of interests. I mean, yeah, that sucks. That's and, terrible. And what happens here is this happens all the time is it generates a problem that certainly as a church we sometimes have trouble recognizing and reaching out to people, you know. It's kind of like when you're in a meeting and oh, we need we need to get more young families. Yeah. Really? Is that is that I mean it's important, but we don't you know, how do you do how that? How about the people in the nursing home too? They kind of need yeah, Jesus. Or, yeah, I mean, you know, sounds kind of mercenary to me. Right. And I mean, right. if you really want to be mercenary, then you just say, yeah, let's get the people in the nursing home so they right. invest a lot of money in us after they're dead. Right. I mean, well, really. Like, like, in some you places, know. if you talk about, you know, we want to do some more work around the Hispanic and the community, their heads explode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? That That's said, if you want to support the Clerical Areas podcast, make sure you leave me 15% of your uh, net worth. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll take bequests. I mean, like, <laughs> right. I figure well, you're we, already listening and enjoying this. So, you know, you might as well keep this going after you're dead. Number five. During his life, Jesus' emotions were well recorded in the Bible. He uh, was oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right. So you know, let's cast. Yeah. Let's let let's you know. I think he was mad once. He uh, was a sad another time. Yeah, he was a, upset a, a couple a, times. Actually, in Mark, he's angry a lot. Oh, it's yeah. like three or right. four times for sure. So, hey, hey, hey! We're we're actually getting to that. Okay. All right. Let, let's let him finish. Yeah. All right. He was said to have cried, loved, rejoice. And yes, he felt anger on more than one occasion. He was angered by those who wouldn't stop mistreating others after being called ah. out. <laughs> he grew angry when people lacked compassion while witnessing suffering. <laughs> you okay, Bert? <laughs> he didn't like seeing the rich take advantage of the poor or the power hungry feed on the weak and hypocritical leaders who did all those things and more. Now that really got under his skin. I mean, Is this Chad GPT? No. (laughs) Probably. In conclusion, (laughs) every Chad GPS in conclusion. Yeah. Not that I know. GPS, not GPT. (laughs) So, so what made you laugh? Well, all of it. I mean, like, the, the ancient literature of the Bible is very, very different than today where, you know, you get a romance novel and right. you know what everyone's thinking and feeling and you don't get yeah. that from Christ. Like we know from Isaiah that he's a man of sorrows. Um, the time that he rejoiced, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit saying, I thank thee, Father in heaven, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. I like how the fact, the whole fact that that they talk about how Jesus started this movement of unconditional love. Like any church history, like what did that movement actually look like? Like while they the entire early church was a 
continual argument on theology. Yeah. Uh, well, they and were just like, all about love until Constantine The movement came that along, they're upholding right. was never movement as they imagined it. Well, and that's the thing is like, yeah. you know, when was Jesus angry? He was angered by their unbelief. He wasn't angered because they were oppressing people. He was <laughs> angered in Mark because they didn't believe. Right. Because it's like, okay, guys, I'm here. Like, right. just did a miracle. Right. It's, it's kind of like. You're too stupid to get it. Like, Jesus welcomed the tax collectors and the, and the, and the prostitutes. However, it's a people who thought they were better than others that he couldn't stand. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he told the tax collectors and prostitutes to stop it, right? Right. Yeah. Well, right. look at Zacchaeus. The... Like, you want to talk about a dude who, you know, I mean, this is this is like communism, okay? Right. You know, oh, this, this follows one of my one of my actually one of my favorite lines by a rapper that the only heresy seems to be that saying by saying that there's heresy. Well, and like, you know, oh, the people in power are so bad and the rich people are so bad and that, oh yeah, well, he ate with Zacchaeus. Right. He said the tax collectors and the prostitutes were getting into heaven before the Pharisees. Like, and Zacchaeus was really short. Yeah, he was really short and he was really a terrible dude because he probably sold a lot of people into slavery. Oh, we're saying in 2024 that, you know, we don't have a problem with that right. anymore, I guess. But Jesus at least he didn't think slavery. it was better than everybody else, like <laughs> those other people that got underneath Jesus' skin, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that really burned his hiney. <laughs> All right. Is that, is that a twofer? Is that a twofer? I don't know. Do we still need two? That's probably a threefer. I don't know. Number four. Number three. Like, okay, this sucks. <laughs> it's a right. two plus a special mention. All right, we are at number four. Uh, if that was how a many do you have left? I've got two more. All right, uh, cool. Number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Children's innocence makes them capable of demonstrating the kind of compassion, love, and forgiveness that many of us cannot experience ourselves anymore. Ha <laughs> ha. These people don't have any kids. Well, it's also kind of ironic about this is that children's innocence is seen as a sort of privilege that they need to be broken of. So like lauding children for having this privilege, but yet they're also the same people right. who will say that they need to be shown pornographic material, these sorts of things to get rid of that innocence. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's just funny about this is like, like if a, a two-year-old grows up in Iowa, Mm-hmm. Right? Someone, okay, a two-year-old in Iowa by nature is racist, man. Yeah. <laughs> like the first time they encounter a black person, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's innocence. Systemic racism, man. The problem is the system. It's not the kids, right? It's ingrained. You're just right. a brick in the wall. All right. <laughs> Great job, Berg. You hit quota. Let's see if you can get one more to hit the over. Okay. All right. Trying to make a Taylor Swift song, too. Right. So I guess this would be anti-infant baptism. Well, okay. like they they haven't really brought a baptism at all anyways. They don't even or know what that means. Or anything. <laughs> well, I mean, no. first of all, they don't know anything about human beings. Like, frankly, anyone who thinks kids are innocent are dumb. 
Like, <laughs> this is why the ancients were actually, you know, this is why Jesus had to say, no, the kingdom of, of heaven, you know, is given to these. Why? Right. Because they're like, yeah, kids are selfish and they're a burden. Right. And they, you know, like he's reacting to that because- right. Frankly, the the ancients had a much better way of viewing children than this sort of milksop, oh, kids right. are such angels and kids are so good and blah, blah, blah. No, go spend a bunch of time with two-year-olds. Go to right. a preschool and stay there for about two weeks. <laughs> then two you hours. That long. Right. I'm going to well, give an example that that every No, I want father... to scar these people so they never forget <laughs> how... Like selfish children are. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example that every father knows. Okay. Right. Let's see if the, if you can connect with this, Berg. All right. That, like when you have a, a, a child that's nursing, let's say six months old, right? And you're in the room, they give you this look like, stay away, dad. My kid will steal food off my plate. <laughs> Even though he has enough food on his right. own plate, but then if I take a French fry from his plate, right. you'd think that I did the that world at your wedding. Invaded. By the way, you remember that? No, I don't actually. <laughs> it was at your reception. You're at the the head table. I say congratulations, Berg, and I I took some food off your plate and started eating it. <laughs> That's good, like because I'm not a child. <laughs> That's right. I know that there's more food, and you you gave me the look that I love from you. Like, what are you? doing like not mad just what's going on yeah just confusion he's not mad he's just disappointed (laughs) all right (laughs) are you ready for number one all right and number one he referring to jesus created division oh stirred up controversy many of his followers walked away because his teachings of unconditional love were as radical then as they are today his dis Denouncement of hate, bigotry, and pride didn't sit well with the powerful, the elitists, and the sanctimonious. They did everything they could to make him uncomfortable in their religious services because he made them uncomfortable. But that didn't stop Jesus from attending or questioning. Okay, you can't have it both ways. You can't alienate the populace because you tell them... Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Right. And then also say, well, you know, the elites were just really angry at him too. Right. So basically, Jesus offended everybody. He was an equal opportunity offender. And and who's paying $10 million to have a, a commercial on the Super Bowl? <laughs> Not the I elites. T- like, this has got to be boomer stuff. Like... They must think that this actually works, right? Right. It's just funny because like everything we've read so far has been very sanctimonious. It it right? really has. I mean, and it says how Jesus upset the sanctimonious. Uh, I the, is it is he still Ron de sanctimonious? No, he retired that. Okay, <laughs> he retired it. All right. <laughs> Any other? So, what are some themes we see in here? One is no actual mention of true forgiveness. I, I noticed when he they did talk, they did talk about Jesus forgiving the people who were killing him on the cross, but but that was had nothing to do with actual eternal forgiveness. It was just as an example to forgive those who have hurt you. 
Yeah, that's I it. mean, they talked a lot about unconditional love, which is the law. Nothing about salvation. Nothing about salvation. Nothing about yeah. It's well, just all kind of humanistic. I mean, if this is supposed to be the marijuana that gets people into the PCP of Christianity, uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> this is not the gateway drug to get people into Christianity. Right. Yes, this this what this does is it just uh, makes it builds up a stereotype of Christians that makes it hard for the church to ever talk to them. Yeah, like, how do we unteach this stuff? Right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go to a church well, and now. This, I mean, frankly, like this is not to win people over who are not Christians. This is for Christians to say, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be such a jerk." Right. Well, maybe. Yeah, I, I can understand. Let, let's just be honest. This is what this is, because what pagan is going to look at this and say, "Yeah, that's what I want." Yeah. I mean, it might be a. I don't know, maybe for like edge cases, it might be a, a starting place for somebody who may have no like actual I, I experience mean, with I, the church. I mean, I, but I, I don't see that I, working very well for them. The way the things I see today is I think a lot of the liberal leftist stuff comes out of a perversion of Christianity. And so a lot of the reaction to mm -hmm. that is actually Nietzsche and paganism. So, like, you, you look at uh, uh, the Bronze Age uh, pervert, as he's called. <laughs> you know, I mean, Nietzsche definitely has his own issues, but, like, mm -hmm. and they all base it off of it. But the reactions to this kind of stuff are a sort of virile, more masculine, more, and these guys are choosing other things. Like, this is why National Socialism is still a thing in this country. Among right. a very small group. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is more effeminate. Right. This is not heroic. This is not anything that is going to attract any sort of male. All right. So, if, well, Vicar, uh, if the people have I mean, comments or questions, they can... Get a hold of us multiple ways. They can email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. They can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clericalheirs. Or they can tweet at us. At me, bro. At clericalheirsp. X us a question, bro. <laughs> hey, we'll, 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 we'll uh, listen to all, all kinds. You're welcome to, the, to uh, the podcast. Yeah, you've got a seat at the table waiting for yes. you. Yes, yeah. You get us. <laughs> <laughs> Help Whether us you want it get or you. not. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and we'll come at you with a whole milk truck of Eighth Commandment. <laughs> we tried. All right. So what's next? Uh, we have a question from Hannah. Do we? Yes. You prepared, goofball. <sighs> okay. You emailed it to me. <laughs> Do I have to? <laughs> Are you, did I just... All the goodness in your heart, I've I've uh, I actually succeeded in driving out of you. I, I think so. This. Like, I'm just kind of like dead inside now <laughs> all right so hannah we got a question your question about uh, uh the storybook uh, we will have an answer next time uh we have another email to get to we have an update from our super fan uh what does our super fan have to say here yeah vicar do you mind yeah <clears throat> he says hey all first of all report on the ember days still waiting for march so i can get the averages in 
We've got to check the results for this year and for at least five years back to see how close we get. I expect that this was a much more reliable method of determining the weather before geoengineering was a thing, but I don't think I can invest in that study right now. The final report can be given in writing, as a slideshow, or as a song. As for cap or no cap, I got some stuff for you. I was actually gearing up to start a game show podcast to replace the sadly ended Table Talk Radio, but then a ban was instituted against seminarians making podcasts, so I had to shelf it. I had already printed decks of, guess the LCMS RSO. Oh no, are you in danger? Wait a minute. No, I can't start my own podcast, but I can be on this podcast. Oh, this has already been a discussion. Yes. Such tyranny. I hate it. Anyway, I have tons of material ready to go, including a chonky volume of Bible trivia. I can get you guys pages and pages of true-false true questions that way. I will also be, begin a running list of daily life sort of questions if you are more into that angle. All right, that's cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, he continues, I have one request. We have been sore lacking in gym talk lately, so if anything comes to mind, I think I speak for all the fans when I say that we are eager for more segments with fitness tie-ins. It would be super based. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What does based mean? Based in reality. So something. Like okay. True. Yeah. That's great. It's the yeah. opposite of cringe. Okay. Yeah. That's a good explanation. Okay. Okay. Oh, one last thing. Ad Crucham is getting ready to publish a volume of Professor David Scare's articles from Concordia Theological Quarterly over the last 50-odd years that give a history and theological response to the rise and embedding of antinomianism in the confessional Lutheran church. I co-edited the volume, but due to the ban on seminarians being involved in publishing of any sort, my name will not appear on the first edition. Boo. Man, there's so a lot of tyranny going on over there. Boo. When it is ready, I would like to send you all a copy and let you decide if you would like to pro promote it on the show. Ad Crucium is selling the book, basically at cost, and a free PDF version will also be available. Yes. The goal is, yeah, that's pretty awesome. The goal is to get a copy into the hands of every seminarian and anyone else who will read it and hopefully reduce the popularity of this error. Anyway, hit me back about what you want for cap or no cap and the format for the Ember Days report. Stay golden. All right. First of all, cap or no cap, have a question, a statement, anything where you have wondered, is this cap or is this no cap? I don't, I don't know how I can get any clearer than that, super fan. Uh, you might be a summoneering who is overthinking a little bit. Yeah. If you've got some cap or no cap stuff, just send it our way. Right. Right. Whether, like, for example, wearing hats in church. Cap or no cap. See? I get it. Yeah. All right. And uh, what do you guys think about uh, his report on the Ember Days? Good. He's putting a lot of work in. He's putting a lot of. I kind of. I kind of I, I like. You know, like right now the trend is for for people to sound smart, and oh yes, I've researched the meta analysis of, which usually just means they read the abstract. Right. <laughs> so this is. I, I've decided what I want. You guys could disagree. Is I want like a super pseudo scientifical report. I like the idea. Where, almost like a a parody on all the pseudo psych scientific yeah i mean like that we bigfoot are. was molting a month I, before he should have i think the jersey I think I devil have a better laid idea. eggs you know <laughs> i think i have a better eggs idea. than he normally does you want a scientific report maybe like a parody i want a true crime podcast 
Yeah. He can't he can't do that though. He can't, but he can join our podcast. I was just about to say maybe <laughs> he we can, can give the yes. super fan uh, an he invite. can send We uh, exist. We there exist. Are two <laughs> pastors on <laughs> roster. They are screwed. Okay. They can't. So what I want, they my format that I want for the Ember Days, I want you to send in your best, either either scientific podcast, like parody, or like a true crime parody. Like you're like disproving Ember Days or, right. or you're trying to silence the haters or something like that. I'll edit all right. it all down. All you need to give, do is give me raw audio. I'll make you sound super good. And right. uh, you can record with your iPhone if you got an iPhone. It sounds pretty decent. Just do like a voice memo and send it to me. Right. It, you. It's. It's in the balls in your court now. Whatever Aaron. you want to do, we're not going to make you do anything. But, do the right. whole thing where it's like a VCR. Where That'd it's like be pretty a cool. Click and you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or how about what's the one guy uh, from uh, Dateline NBC like in his voice? Oh, uh, Hanson. Not the Catch a Predator do guy. Up, do up, do up, do That's the Catch a Predator. Whoops. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, would be pretty funny if it was Days. Emmer Days, what are you doing here? <laughs> so why don't you take a seat? Record the whole thing as Craig Ferguson. All right. Are we done? Bigfoot, would you done. please take a seat? Bigfoot, please take a seat. It's so funny. <laughs> All right. I think we've fallen off the rails officially. I think we should probably end this before. Oh, hopefully we, we made uh, it to an hour. I don't know. Right. The recording is much longer than that. but <laughs> Oh, I think with as much content, we got a, we got enough for a show. I think so. So Yeah, no, we got a, good, we got a show. I don't know if we made it have an hour, but we have a show. All right. It's going to do some editing. Sorry, Pete. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is no Bull thang so this is the end of the show this is Bullhagen this is Berg and this is Vicar and may your 8th commandment be milky thank you for joining us this podcast is available on iTunes Google Play Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts questions thoughts concerns you can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clerical podcast on Twitter at Clerical Heirs P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.